Hey there, everyone, and welcome to the What You Got podcast, where we talk topics A to Z and everything in between. I'm Jordan Palmer, joined, as always, by Charlie Budd, and today we're discussing everything, everywhere, all at once. The mind-bending, multiverse-exploring movie about a woman who finally gets a chance to be extraordinary. This is the latest A24 production to hit theaters and can't help but make viewers ask themselves the question, what could have been? Charlie, I'm excited to talk turkey today, so with that as our introduction... What you got? Well, Palmer, before we jump into it, I just want to give a formal announcement to our new and updated format to the movie kind of review episode. So going forward, everybody, we're going to try to keep it as spoiler free as possible, at least for the first half. So you couldn't come listen if you haven't seen the movie and hear our thoughts about it, where we will try to avoid spoilers as much as we can. And then maybe towards the second half of the the episode we will give you a fair and proper spoiler warning so you know you can hop off if you still haven't seen it but this way you know to say like hey i would just want to hear what they thought about it before i go see it myself you know just keeping that out there for you and also allowing you to participate in our episodes and not feel like you need to skip them until you go see a movie so with that being said let's just jump into it let's do it <laughs> <laughs> all righty um so what I thought, Bomber, what I thought immediately right off the bat, I loved it. I love this movie. I super, super enjoyed it. I did not expect this going in. You know, I heard that there were some good things about everything, everywhere, all at once. I wasn't um, expecting to enjoy it as much as I did. I did have the information kind of going in. I had watched the trailer before uh, seeing this movie. And I knew it was going to be kind of like this multiverse kind of film. And I thought it was like a wacky, crazy idea. Um, so I knew that going in. And even still, with all that kind of that knowledge, it didn't really prepare me for what the movie was really about. It, there was definitely a lot of twists and turns. It was funny. It was wacky. I just I think I loved every second of it. And it had like this really heartfelt, emotional uh, side to this movie that I also really wasn't expecting. But I do want to hear what your thoughts were. Did you enjoy it? How much did you know about it going in? Let's hear it. Let's do it. Actually, if I can ask you before I give my answer, yeah. out of five stars, five being five stars, mm -hmm. <laughs> what would you give the, the film overall? Honestly, I'd probably give it like, you know, four and a half, five stars. I, I really enjoyed it that much. It was such a, it was a, you know, a knockout hit for me. I just, I can't believe that for a movie that came out in April. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, like just really, kind of dropping right? that movie in the spring of 2022 it's a sleeper hit man i you know i i was genuinely shocked although our theater was actually pretty full so you know people are going to see it same, What's your thoughts? Dude, same What's no no i same i had like a full theater and i am scared like when it comes to award season time that it came out so early that people will forget about it but mm -hmm. they shouldn't because like yourself i would give this film a, at least a 4.5 out of five stars i so enjoyed it i so enjoyed it i'd seen one trailer beforehand so i knew it was about the multiverse and other personas but i didn't necessarily know exactly what it was i tried to stay away and here's what i find with just movies today I love them. They're great. But a lot of times they play on the same tropes and the same kind of storylines that others have in the past. But this thing was completely different. It was, I can't even tell you, there were so many things going on. It was a, a, a movie about family. It was about personal growth. It was about hardship. 
and it was about just kind of feeling it was all all mixed into one through this as you said wacky kind of zany lens of being this multiverse bending you know end of the the multiverse slash universe kind of uh deal so it was so the word i would use to describe it is fresh and Everybody in my theater was laughing because it was comedic. Then, you know, you had those moments where you could cry. Oh, dude. So, so good. So, so good. And I just want to see it rack up all the awards it possibly can. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, I totally agree. I mean, I think what was really surprising was that, yeah, it had like that, like a really humorous part, especially like I would say maybe the first half of the movie really kind of had like this riding high on like the comedy bits. Not to say that the second half didn't have that, but like the second half, I think really laid in to more of the emotional scenes. And like, it definitely had those themes of like family connection and like kind of being content with what you have and not, and even knowing like about what you might've could have like what you could have had. And like, it really kind of nails that point home. And also I think it's a story about acceptance from not just from like, you know, in this case, you know, uh, like, you know, parent to child, but like also generational, like from, you know, child to grandparent or anything like, like, like that. And it's just like the old versus the new meets the new. And it's like kind of confronting that, like, um, old guard and challenging them on their ideals and like you know I, I really loved that aspect of it like especially when you kind of get towards the end of the movie not to say anything yet but like there is that like really really powerful scene to me uh, which we can talk about much later in the episode where like it really just hammered home to me what the message of the film was and it was like it was like a challenge it was it was like a challenge to you know uh, acceptance and that they're like, and I think at the core of the movie, it's about acceptance, but you know, I'm curious, what do you think about that? Like, what do you think the major themes of this film are? Like, what did you take away from it? Oh, dude, I love that acceptance. I think I would, I would agree with your, your thoughts there, especially because when thinking about the parent to child relationship, obviously you have, and I, you have the main character, Evelyn to her child, joy, but then you even see Gong Gong, who was Evelyn's father, come mm -hmm. and their relationship. So you get to play into her backstory and it comes and ties in as kind of the, the, the string that pulls everything together for her and Joy. So it, there's, there are layers to the characters, too, in terms of things that each generation needs to accept about the, the latter. And, dude, I mean, it, it was so I can't I can't I can't hype it up enough. It was mm -hmm. so well done. And I could relate to each of the characters because like you said i mean it is the old guard they have this certain way of doing things but i appreciate it too within that this ability to to grow and to change for each generation i think that was essential and i think you know in everybody's everyday lives is something we could all use a little bit more of i agree i mean um and yeah i think that was the big thing coming home like coming home for me was you know that message and i think throughout the movie i didn't really understand what the message of the movie was until kind of like towards the end i think i was kind of going back and forth with like um what i thought it was about i you know i think i originally i think i remember saying to myself like oh i think this movie's more about like and i think it is to an extent about this but i think it's more about like being content or being happy with what you have because the movie kind of very early on like jumps around like evelyn jumps around to like different lives that she leads based on decisions that she has and you know and like she sees like oh better versions of that and she was like man i kind of like and i 
think she, you know, she's really like, wow, this is the life I could have had. Like, I can't believe, like, I'm like, wow, this is so much better. Like, there's even that really hilarious scene where, like, she kind of, like, comes back to her reality. And she's just like, I would have had such a better life without you, like, right to her husband's face. And I thought that was absolutely hilarious. But it's also, like, heartbreaking. But then, like, she kind of, like has this journey um, throughout the film. And then like, you know, she kind of begins to realize like maybe, you know, what she has is its own specialty. And uh, that's really what I thought the film was at first. Like definitely within like part one, I thought that was the direction it was going. And not to say that it isn't kind of has that message, but um, the overall message of the movie, I think it became more apparent in the latter half. Now, did you see this with Bronwyn, or did you see it by yourself? I did see it with Bronwyn. I did. Okay. I, um, I want to know what did she think, dude. She she really liked it. She said she she had a really good time watching it. We did see it kind of late on Saturday, just so as she like fell asleep at some certain points, and so she's like, from what I was like, from what I remember, it was it was really good. Um, so I might have to see it again one day, but uh, I believe she That's she a good really problem to have. Yeah, definitely a good problem to have. I definitely want to see it again. I mean. It isn't that good, so. I agree. Um, Man, what did you think of the title? Everything, everywhere, all at once. I, um, you know, I, I didn't know. I didn't really know. Like, I guess I kind of understand it. What it kind of means, literally, in the context of the film. But I'm like trying to was like think of like how is that like kind of like in a poetic sense because the movie does have like three parts to it. Uh, the third part being like literally two minutes long, but you know, <laughs> it is what it is. But, uh, um, and they, it's each like a title of like the movies, like different lines, like part one is everything. Part two is everywhere. And then part three is all at once. And I was trying to like, think like kind of, I was trying to like, I want to see the movie again because I want to see kind of like how each part is like structured in a thematic way. Cause I think, that is the point of it is that each part um, has that like thematic uh, tie in to that line, like everything like part one to me, you know, going off the head is like the introduction to the multiverse. Right. And that's like, it's everything. Like you're seeing everything. You're seeing all um, the lives and like Evelyn kind of being tossed into this world and the conflict that is happening, spreading across the multiverse. And then part two is everywhere. It's the, it's the mastery. And then part three is all at once, which to me is the, you know, I don't want to like spoil it or anything, but like it kind of ties into the, the theme of acceptance to me in more ways than you might generally like on the more literal sense there's acceptance but i also think a more metaphorical sense of acceptance but we will get into that a little later okay so i want to hear what like your takeaway on like the different titles were and how um you think that fit into the themes of the movie Mm, okay it's it's Everything, everywhere, all I'd honestly forgotten that it had the chapters until you just mentioned it, because <laughs> it is interesting that everything lasts a long time. Mm-hmm. Everywhere, okay, latter half. And then I was like, I guess it's just going to be a two-parter, and they have all at once, yeah. kind of at the end. So <laughs> that was uh, that was cool. And it's it's funny because there are times, and I know for myself, where it seems like there's so much going on outside of you, and it just all these things are just hitting you from every every side. And it's overwhelming. And that, in my mind, is kind of what the everything, everywhere, all at once is. And so just seeing Evelyn, mm-hmm. our Evelyn, go through her process, it kind of seemed like, especially the beginning, she was in that position. 
she was reacting more than she was acting because there was so much going on that was outside of her control. And you could tell she just kind of wanted that stability, but she couldn't get it. And in that, it was just this, this disappointment in her own life and kind of the events that had unfolded before her leading her to where she was. Um, in terms of just looking at the themes of it, so like you said, everything kind of encompasses just the, the notion of the, the multiverse. Everywhere, I think, was just that moment where it's, I am actively trying to change things everywhere so that we can have the optimal you know universe and then all at once i think was just that moment of like a cathartic ending in which it all comes together and it's there are some things i can change there are some things i can't change and it is what it is so that was how i perceived it Mm -hmm. but i i i mean i would definitely agree with that especially with how you kind of describe part three i think that is like exactly what the movie's trying to convey with like the all at once and like what it's trying to show you in that those few moments uh i am curious though kind of what you thought about like right in the beginning of the movie like part one like of our characters both evelyn and um raymond uh if i got his name correctly i'm pretty sure it was waymond waymond (laughs) sorry um uh, so evelyn and waymond like what do you think of about of our like two characters and I'm not talking about their like different personas that they kind of like take on, but like their initial kind of uh, introduction. Like, what did you think of them? What was their dynamic to you? Yeah, no. So it was funny. You could tell right off the bat that it was Evelyn who was kind of steering everything. Wayman just, he, he seemed like a genuinely nice guy, but he just seemed like he was in a little bit over his head and he may not necessarily have been able to, compartmentalize things as he needed to, especially in stressful situations, because when you start the movie, they're kind of being audited. So it's Evelyn who's doing that. And things that you can see in their dry cleaning business, things aren't necessarily going as well. This man's putting googly eyes on machines (laughs) that are broken and and she's going behind him, peeling them off and saying, "I, I told you you shouldn't have done it. So you could already kind of tell they were having some troubles. I don't want to get into too many details before we start getting into the, you know, spoiler territory. But you could tell that it wasn't necessarily easy. And then add in the relationship. They now they have a daughter who is living a life that Evelyn doesn't necessarily agree with or fully, as you said before, accept. And so it seems like Wayman's a little bit further along in terms of just loving and accepting, whereas Evelyn isn't. And because of their relationship, unfortunately, her thoughts and feelings are the ones that take the center stage. So you feel that more than you feel his support, which mm. makes it harder for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I would think what that like think? Evan, Evelyn took like a much more like serious like uh, role towards like as like the mother in their family, but like took a very like serious kind of like approach to it. Seemed a little bit more stricter, especially towards like Joy, and also um, kind of was just it seemed exhausted with the life that she was living. She didn't seem necessarily happy. Wayman, on the other hand, though seemed a little bit more carefree, free-spirited, and was trying to have fun with the situation they were given. And I think he was just genuinely, like, kind of happy with the life that they were leading because this is just something that, you know, as we learn, this is just something that the life that they chose, that the life that they wanted, you know, they took a big risk to be in this situation. And um, it was a... Um, it was It was, like he was loving every second of it they had you know they had joy they had 
they had their life in this dry cleaning business. They seem to have a community of people that they respect and enjoy and be on because you can tell why, like, you know, they have regular customers like that one guy who came in early in the movie, just like, oh, yeah, the machine's broken, sucked up with like a $20 for me. I need the change. Wayman was like dancing with him. And then they were having like a party for like the Chinese New Year. They were like inviting everybody from their community into it. It seems like that they you know, had that community. And I think Evelyn just was kind of going through the motions, constantly stressed out. And it was probably, and like Wayman on the other hand was the free spirited one, which, you know, I think we'll get into later is why, you know, like it causes like a fracture in their relationship. Clearly. I mean, it is so evident pretty much from the very beginning. I mean, you know, minor spoiler here, but they like, you know, we learn very, very early on that, that, that uh, Wayman wants to get a divorce, because even though he puts on that persona of like that free spirited nature, like it's clearly what Evelyn is almost kind of the opposite of what Waymond is, has really kind of fractured that relationship. So. It's a constant good cop, bad cop, and he's always a good cop. Yeah. He's always bad cop. Mm-hmm. And that is hard. And it's like, and it's and, interesting. yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go for it. Go for it. I was, I was just going to say, and I think like, that journey, which we'll obviously get into a little bit more of Evelyn is kind of like we see from where she starts and like how much she needs to grow throughout the movie. Dude, you took the words right out oh. of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Sorry. Excellent. No, no. Great minds think alike. Great there you minds go. think alike. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I guess. Did you have any more thoughts before we got into spoiler territory? Um... No, I think we can kind of just start jumping in, talking about the movie a little bit more in depth, talking about, you know, certain plot elements and kind of where we end up. So here's your big spoiler warning, everybody. If you haven't seen the movie yet, you can now turn it off and uh, come back again when you've seen it. Otherwise, we'll see you next time. All righty. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Alrighty. Perfect. Now we can really dish. Let's do this thing. All right. Let's do it. Oh, man. Okay. So I guess we'll start from the beginning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Waymond, as we just established, is the good cop to Evelyn's bad cop. Mm-hmm. And so it feels so like, liberated. Now I can talk about this movie freely. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so, qu- pretty early on, you also see Waymond's in, Waymond through the security camera, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden things change, and he starts getting super athletic, and he yeah. dashes away, and then comes back. Fast forward to the IRS audit in which Evelyn and Wayman uh, are talking to Jamie Lee Curtis. (laughs) And she's basically the auditor who's performing the uh, analysis on their business. And uh, this another Wayman comes and he's telling Evelyn about burst jumping, Mm -hmm. which is this notion of you going to another like a universe or multiverse. um, And you're essentially taking over for yourself there and that self differs because they've done something different in their past that ultimately led them down a completely different road and they could be kind of similar to you or completely different with completely different skill sets so what did you think of verse jumping bud i just love the way that they kind of implemented it like i thought it was the most wacky ridiculous thing like the way that it is and it gets absolutely wild later on like um but like i just thought it was so funny he's just like he puts like the two bluetooth things in his ears and he's like takes his glasses off he's like all right it's a complete like mood change so absolute props to uh the actor whose name is absolutely escaping me right now um but 
the, it was I just thought it was so funny like Evelyn is just so like confounded by it and like I'm surprised that she even like reads the instructions because she's just like he tells her to like oh you go to the janitor's closet or you can go you know carry out on your day or you know you can do this thing and then um she goes there and she like reads the instructions and it's just like put the bluetooth in your ear put your shoes on opposite feet and then like imagine yourself somewhere else and then like boom she's in like the closet or something like that and it it, it, it was just like so uh so hilarious that it's just like put your shoes on it's like it's like one of those things where like you know you're trying to get the snow to come so you put your pajamas on inside out it was literally that was the thought i had it was just like that ridiculous level of ridiculousness where you know put socks on the other feet or like um different socks on or whatever it is that the kids do these days for to pray for snow day but but what did you think about verse jumping? Like, I what, forgot about that, dude. Yeah. What were oh your thoughts about gosh, it? Like, yeah. how did you like the portrayal of that in the movie? Um, did you like, yeah, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, no, dude, kind of to your point, it was wacky, super wacky. At first, I thought all you had to do was just put your feet on your shoes on the other feet. So I was like, oh, that's pretty easy. But then he started eating the chapstick. And I said, oh, oh yeah, dude, that was so <laughs> no, funny, was especially like, OK, yeah. So all the the <laughs> the first jumping <laughs> when like they're like being escorted out and like Evelyn just straight up punches Jamie Lee Curtis because like she just gets yes. killed by her in the first jumping world that she's in, like where she's hiding in the closet. And then like Wayman, like super martial, like you know, super, super, super secret spy agent Wayman version of him comes and he's like, starts eating the chapstick. And it's just like, it's just so ridiculous. <laughs> oh, that was so nasty, dude. But, uh, no, it was so funny at the same time. And so essentially, I guess it, within the movie, the audience going down, Evelyn gets a chance to understand that she is in a very specific, uh, multiverse, um, in which she's just a very regular person. And this other Wayman comes through and tells her that there's this big bad person from his universe called Jobu Topaki mm-hmm. who is going to try and kill her. And that she has the power to stop Jobu Topaki, who has the ability to be everywhere, everything everywhere all at once. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where this film really starts heating up. And so Evelyn is trying to escape from this IRS building while Wayman's going in and out between, as he we later come to know, Alpha Wayman, who is the one from the other universe who's yeah. super cool, mm-hmm. uh, and then also his, his normal weak self. And so while all of this is happening, he's making a point of trying to teach Evelyn how to verse jump herself so that she can make it out of there safely and then ultimately stop Jobu Topaki. Yeah. Um, what did, okay, so the film fast forwards also, mm-hmm. and we come to find out that Jobu Tapaki is none other than Joy, the yes. daughter of Eva. What did you think of that? I like I had I like the moment that like so her character is briefly on screen before we kind of get to the identity reveal. But the moment that her character shows up on screen, I'm like, I know it's it's Joy. It's hundred percent Joy. There's just no way that it's not. And I was right. I mean, I was right. I mean, it gets revealed like literally five minutes later, but it's um just like I was just like, Yeah, I was happy. I mean, it, it's a very obvious tell because there's not they're not trying to keep it secret. They're like trying to like they show you like like oh who do you think it is who do you think it is and then they just immediately like tell you anyway like five minutes later that it's definitely like joy um 
So it's I was shocked by that because like obviously it immediately creates like this son family conflict that you're undergoing like Evelyn versus Joy like her daughter is the one who's going who is Jobu Tapaki and is like you know hell bent on destroying the multiverse the universe rather and we don't really know why yet um and it ties as we find out it ties back into that uh, acceptance theme as we kind of later learn um and it, i don't know it, it was just great like i mean there was a lot of really great moments in that situation when like joy's character kind of like confronts like evelyn down in like the hells or the the bowels of the irs building and it's just like um she's got like a club got all these wacky outfits changes them every second and like pops people's heads with confetti and like it's just it's just so wild and like i also love the immediate like thing because this really hammers home what the theme of this film was really trying to convey here is that like evan's just like it like so you're all these people all at once it's like is that what makes you like gay and like uh, like joy's immediate just like really like the fact that i like girls is what like all this is happening and that's what's bothering you like it's just like yes exactly it's such like a great scene of like showing kind of the disconnect between her and her daughter and even though like the person before her is kind of the embodiment of her daughter in like so many different like ways it's just um it was like it was also like not i guess i mean i don't know it's like hard to explain kind of who jobu tupaki is and i think it'll be easier to explain as we kind of like go through this movie but um it like is her daughter but isn't at the same time i guess but what were your thoughts about the introduction of joe joe budapaki did you you obviously knew it was joy i mean it was very obvious but like what were your thoughts running through your head when like that was like officially revealed on the screen and like where did you think this movie was heading no dude so it was my i was was fortunate in that my mind kind of tracked with it so essentially and we i should back up and say for those of you probably seen it now if you're listening to the spoiler portion of this episode Mm -hmm. but evelyn's problem you could say early on is the fact that she has this daughter joy who is gay Mm -hmm. and she's joy is trying to introduce her girlfriend to evelyn's father gong gong who's old school and evelyn's like that's not going to go over well and so she's trying to kind of come in between that and so while joy at one point in time is introducing uh her girlfriend with her broken i guess mandarin she forgets the word for girlfriend and immediately evelyn steps in and says it's her good friend as opposed to girlfriend. And so it automatically kind of uh, ups the ante in terms of just conflict between the two of them. Mm-hmm. But in thinking about Jobu Tapaki's introduction, so I was like, if she is coming in, then when they're in the universe, Evelyn's universe together, Jobu Tapaki can always pop into joy. So it's Evelyn's daughter and she can't necessarily run away from her, but she can't necessarily be right by her if her intentions are you know bad and we come to find out that jobu tabaki isn't necessarily trying to kill her initially so that kind of made it easier but it is very complicated and so it added a, a layer and i love it just because it's so analogous for the initial storyline of the conflict between joy and evelyn and so as you're seeing that yeah she has these powers and she can just bow people's heads up and make them confetti and she can bring other things in from other universes and 
pick up whatever skill she wants in terms of Jobu Tapaki. And then you just see Evelyn kind of freaking out because there's this person who has all these... I was doing it constantly changing. And I think, once again, Evelyn is someone who doesn't necessarily like change. And so that's something that is explored throughout this this movie. And she has to constantly change over the course of the two hours. Mm-hmm. So I... I who Quite literally, that. too. Like, she changes yes. into different versions of herself. And uh, uh, which living ones through all these experiences. did you like the most in terms of her switches? Um, I think I would have to go with uh, the one where she's like the movie star, mostly because it provided a lot of insight into kind of her character, especially when she meets Waymond in that universe at like the movie premiere. I think it was a it was a very impactful and very insightful scene kind of into Evelyn's character at that point. Um, we get to like really understand that like she's getting a brief moment in time to kind of live this life that she could have had. And she's kind of like explaining that to Wayman saying like, you know, this is the life I could have had. And like, but there was also, you know, you and I, you know, had a kid and all that stuff. Even, I kind of forget exactly what they were talking about in that scene. Um, but I would de- that's definitely like a scene I would want to go back and rewatch a couple of times because, you know, if I ever wanted to do like an analysis of this film, like really, really in depth, I think that's a very, very pivotal scene in the movie. And I wish I could remember better as to what they were talking about. But I don't know if you recall that scene. In particular. I think she was saying our lives could have been like this mm-hmm. and Wayman was successful. Yeah. And they were, I guess still in their country of origin and he, and it goes talking to the kind of the heart of his character. He said he would have taken just, you know, crappy days at a, a laundromat with her over all the things that he had. Oh yeah. Her, so. I do remember this now. Yeah. It was very, very oh, like, yeah, man. it's, it's a much more caricature of his character that like, yeah, the wealth money, it doesn't really matter. He's just like, what you're describing sounds like I would do that like a thousand times as long as I got to, you know, if it was with you, essentially, is what I think he says. And he's like, and like, yeah, he's just an inherently, he's a paragon of this film. He, like, he's such a kind-hearted soul um, and that you can tell that the only thing that really matters to him is his own happiness and not necessarily the wealth or the fame or the success that he's had in his life. It is just how he is personally has his outlook on life if he's happy then he's happy and it doesn't matter if he's you know financially well off or whatever so and evelyn has seemed to be the opposite like at that point in the film she very much was unhappy in the life that she lives and sees the life that she could have had and be like and probably just is suddenly filled with like regret whereas like wayman is he's just like no that sounds like a better life Mm, yeah dude that was beautiful analysis (laughs) but yeah Um, i i liked that that was kind of the central core of his character throughout the the multiverse he always just mm -hmm. seemed to be that kind of caring guy and Mm -hmm. i'll say for me personally it was interesting my favorite evelyn (laughs) i think it was hot dog fingers bro i I mean that whole little like subplot was hysterical there's (laughs) so funny when um they just show the I guess gorillas or whatever killing the one with the normal hands. 
I busted out laughing in the middle of the theater. That was hilarious. That was pretty but, funny. Uh, I'm like, wow, gosh. straight from like uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I was like, <laughs> but no, I loved it because it was um, it was so different. It was clearly the one, probably one of the opposite personas of the Evelyn that was the main character. Mm-hmm. She was gay, and she, her, I guess, wife was. Jamie Lee Curtis, they were kind of on the outs for a little while, but mm. then you saw this this moment when they came back together and it was her taking over for that person and it was accepting that situation and that Jamie Lee had her best interest at heart, that they made each other happy. And there's that whole sequence where they're dancing and then Jamie Lee Curtis is playing the piano with her feet because they can't use their, their big hot dog fingers. And I think in some ways that kind of translated over towards the, the back end of the movie when it comes to just thinking about joy. Um, but no, I think that was probably one of the biggest eye-opening uh, versions of herself. And for me, I mean, I, I love just the, the heart of that particular Evelyn. Yeah, the, I mean, I, that, that was like, I really did like, and I do think it plays more of an important role that the movie doesn't necessarily lay out, as you kind of just alluded to, that like it probably helps Evelyn come to that understanding more with joy towards the end of the movie, is living in that, that verse and um kind of the adaptability of that because i think she even mentioned at one point in the movie just like we get so good with our feet in that universe where we have hot dog fingers you can't use our hands when you become so with you know to our feet but like it also i think helps her kind of understand that um well like you know everyone is like different and then like you just kind of have to accept people for kind of who they are and then that universe is just so opposite of who she was that like she's she accepts that version of herself and therefore she can accept, uh, you know, who joy is and probably, and also as you know, go against gong gong, her father in the end. Um, very true. Very true. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, which Wayman did you like the best? Um, well, I think it was the, the, the same universe of like, um, I don't know. I think I just love Wayman as a character. Just in general. Okay. There's not many versions of him that we see. We only see Alphaverse, Movieverse, and just normal Wayman. I can't think that he's not in a lot of the other versions. I guess of, that is true. He's, you only really see three versions of him. And I think in all of them, he's almost like the same character. Except for like mm-hmm. Alpha Wayman is like a martial arts badass kind of. And, um, and like he even makes that joke where he tries to like shoulder like a, filing cat and he's like ah oh, weak body <laughs> so um which no, is pretty that's, funny that's true that is true oh man that was hilarious but i guess thinking about the movie then so evelyn's verse jumping she's you know collecting all these skills alpha gong gong comes to the universe and he's trying to stop her because she won't kill joy her joy because he's ultimately trying to stop this jobu Tapaki. and jobu Tapaki comes back and reveals the the donut to evelyn which is essentially the bagel all oh bagel why does he do it was close it was close the uh the bagel which is i guess the essentially all of the collected knowledge i don't know if it was of the universe or just jobu Tapaki's knowledge mm-hmm and she just has it, and she's going to use it as a means of collapsing in on herself. Because what you find out is that Jobu Tapaki is uh, Evelyn's daughter. And so she, Evelyn had, in their, the Alpha universe, pushed her to the point 
that she was able to see everything everywhere all at once and it was torture to her Mm -hmm. and she just wants somebody else to know what that's like so my question for you there bud is do you feel like there is a villain in this film i think the only i don't know if there's necessarily a villain in this film i think there are people who at the start might be flawed in the way that they view the world. And for me, that's like Evelyn and potentially Gong Gong, although not necessarily uh, Gong Gong, because we don't really get to see too much of, you know, Evelyn's like the, 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 the vanilla verse the the original verse of um, Gong Gong's character. We only know it through secondhand knowledge of like how Evelyn perceives him to take things and why like she's so protective of joy's like you know sexual identity to gong gong because he's like older generation or whatsoever but like we also know that evelyn's father wasn't very happy with um waymond and evelyn running off to america that like he was very against the idea he thought waymond was weak or something like that and um so like i guess in a way he's kind of like a villain but not necessarily uh, but like then his like Alphaverse version of him is kind of like villainous uh, because Evelyn has to confront the Alphaverse people and Wayman's always on her side, mind you. I think that's another key call out of like Wayman's, you know, character that despite like the Alphaverse kind of wanting to hunt her down and stop her because they're going against her, her or Evelyn's going against her orders to kill her own daughter, which you know I think is a you know brave by Evelyn to. You know, despite her daughter being like this terrible, you know, Jobu Tupaki potentially, you know, destroying the entire universe. Just at the end of the day, it's still her daughter that she still cares about her to some degree and refuses to um, kill her uh, own. Like, because there's that moment where Gong Gong gives her a box cutter and says, you have to do it, kill her. And I'm like, damn, dude, this is cold bro yeah and she was like that's your granddaughter he said don't you think this is hard for me too i said savage savage and i'm like yeah but you also said that you're not her father in that version of the universe which i was like then who is and i'm like what who's the alpha verse evelyn because alpha verse evelyn's dead but i'm like who's alpha verse evelyn's father then but um anyways um so uh, to me that's kind of like i don't think anybody's necessarily the villain i think it's just like the own it's always it's a battle of internal strife i think for evelyn that she has to go through this movie but what are your thoughts did you think there was a villain to the story did you think there was a clear-cut villain Um, originally i was thinking jobu tapaki but then when she didn't kill evelyn and just showed her the donut and explained what her existence was like the bagel oh man i can't even imagine that kind of torture just to see literally every version of yourself simultaneously mm-hmm. how overwhelming that must be and you can't stop it so i understood the bagel and the concept of wanting it all to end so she was my front runner for villain and ultimately i realized that no she wasn't so i would say that no there is no physical person as uh, a villain but i mean i think it's just the metaphorical uh, idea that you know conflict slash um what's the word not the opposite of flexibility and the opposite of change 
is I guess an unwillingness to change is the ultimate villain of this film. I have a question though. Do you, what, what what were your thoughts about like Joe Budapaki's like goal? Do you think um, that the torture uh, like the like that she couldn't take it anymore is mostly due to the fact that like ties into the theme of acceptance? Do you think that living all that lot those lies and seeing how Evelyn pretty much scolds her and like all those different lies played a part in like how she wants it to end? And why do you think she was like? Do, and do you think? the fact that she wasn't trying to kill Evelyn necessarily, but to find like the Evelyn that could be like her. What do you think like that goal was? Do you think there was like, what were your thoughts on like why she was trying to find that Evelyn? And what were your thoughts about, you know, asking about her? What were your thoughts on, um, do you think the acceptance angle played a part in her, her, her unhappiness. Okay. Yeah. So I think it's in, so I think Evelyn is there in the, the background when it comes to that acceptance and seeing so many different versions of herself uh, in terms of Joy's self not being accepted by Evelyn. I thought that the universe where they were just rocks was pretty funny. Oh, yes. It's just silence, bro. Absolute silence. Mm-hmm. Just like, just be a rock. Just just enjoy that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, dude, that was hilarious. But I think that was just kind of that moment of slowing everything down and you're, you're not letting anybody down. You're just a rock. You know, mm-hmm. you're not, you just are. And so in thinking about the second part of your, your question, her finding that Evelyn, I think because of the relationship they had, because it was Evelyn who made her the way she was, she needed that like not even confirmation. She just needed that to happen to the person that made that happen to her. And so she needed to find that Evelyn. And so I think it was kind of a matter of once again, just acceptance. It's I am the way I am. You obviously had a role in it. Look at the world through my eyes and understand what I go through. And so it was just that, that notion. And that's why she chose Evelyn to try and you know recreate that experience for. Mm-hmm. Do you think though, like, what what do you think her motive was in trying to lure Evelyn into the bagel, like, because that was also at the ultimate goal, right? Like, I agree with you. I think that she was trying to find Evelyn to kind of almost, in a sense, get that Evelyn to also become everywhere, everything all at once, to kind of maybe connect with her at a level that no one else could, and she knew that this Evelyn was out there somehow. But what do you think her real motive here, though, was to get Evelyn to come into the bagel? What do you think that was about? I think having seen every version of Evelyn, like, ever, Mm -hmm. she assumed that she knew who she was. She assumed that she was not willing to change. And in that, she, I guess, concluded that they would ultimately reach the same understanding that everything sucked and that it was worth just ending. And I think that's what surprised her the most about the Evelyn, the ultimate, our Evelyn, because... In the end, she didn't try to shut everything out. She welcomed it all. And so it was from there, I think Tobu, Jobu Tapaki was like, oh, well, this, this person's crazy. Obviously, this didn't go. So this isn't exactly how, what I thought it was going to be, but I know what I need to do, which is why she wanted to go into the bagel. And then it was when Evelyn, that's what Evelyn stepped up and said, wait, hold up, look at this a different way. And so it was a matter of give and take. Like, uh, so Joy showed her, or Jobu Tapaki showed her one way to look at it. And then Evelyn kind of showed her the other. So once again, it's like, I mean, it's like the family, the family themes are there and it was so brilliantly done. But uh, I think that was, that was my thoughts. What, what were you, what did you think there, bud? 
I agree. I think there were two, like some extent, like Evelyn is, I think at the heart of it all, I think it was like a kind of a mother's intuition. She wanted to ultimately, I think, save her daughter from doing this. And Joe Budabaki, obviously, I think I agree with you. I think was expecting that Evelyn, knowing Evelyn and all these different universes, um, she was probably expecting Evelyn to kind of come to the same conclusion and then like, just let it, let's just go, you know, like, cause she seemed, she seemed to Evelyn, like Evelyn seemed uncompromising, you know, and unwilling to change, as you said, like this rough, sturdy kind of character. Uh, and, um, that's probably not even the right adjectives, but we'll continue. Um, and then, uh, but Evelyn though, I think took it from, the perspective of like, well, I want to save my daughter. Like if this, or if this joy walks into the bagel and, you know, will I lose the daughter that I have, you know, in the world like that I'm living in? Because we see that in the kind of like towards the end ish of part one, she's not willing to kill the non Jobu Tupaki version of joy, you know, because the Jobu Tupaki could just, you know, swap in and out of every any single one of the joys out in the multiverses with uh um no effort at all and that joy is unaware of all these different lives of hers playing out ahead of um you know around her and i think that evelyn's goal is wants to originally just save her daughter and in doing so really really changed as a character and helped joy or jobu dupaki kind of see it from her perspective as you said and um also uh it also changed her own perspective it made her come to understanding and i think a big pivotal scene is as you mentioned is the rock world i think that was an absolute influence among uh, other kind of pivotal scenes like the hot dog world um and the movie star world as well uh to be like massive influences on how Evelyn kind of changes her mind and her perspective on the life that she's leading. So, yeah, that's my thought. Powerful, yeah. powerful, powerful. Mm -hmm. Oh man, I guess kicking off from there, then the movie is kind of starts coming to a close I, in that. Well, actually, sorry. I did oh. want to point out though. I think there was a moment of weakness with Evelyn though, when she's back in the um, laundromat. And she said nothing matters and starts just breaking things and then almost gets arrested for tax evasion. Um, but like it's that conversation with Joe Budapaki where things start kind of turning around, I think, for Evelyn. And also she sees ask... Waymond kind of talk down like she's like, what did my silly husband say to you? You know, and nope. I think that was also a really big turning point. But I think that was a moment of weakness for Evelyn that she wanted to go into the bagel up until that point perhaps mm, mm. do you think so say, or i don't know if she was ever down to go into the bagel but it, she hit that i guess that bottom floor of depression in terms of nothing nothing matters and so she was seeing it from the negative of man nothing matters everything i do is basically useless so what's the point of even trying mm -hmm. whereas as the movie progresses and she continues to think about that it's opportunities are endless it's funny because the wayman i believe it was the wayman or no it was, maybe it's the gong gong from the alpha uh alpha verse who told her you are literally 
the worst version of yourself. You haven't finished anything. You have essentially no oh, skills. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you can only get better from here. And I think that's what kind of clicks for her in that moment when they talk about nothing matters. But how did you feel about the nothing matters uh, synopsis? Well, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Like, oh yeah, nothing matters. Just because you can kind of like see all the different lives you lead. I think that would almost be kind of evidence that, yeah, things do matter. The choices that you make matter and lead you on different lives and different paths. I mean, it's so obvious. There's so many different multiverses out there and maybe it's not your decisions directly, but I think a lot of it seemed to be her decisions. I mean, there are even like very, very quick clips in the movie where it says like, it's almost like a flow chart of like how this multiverse is created. It's just like, she didn't do this. She didn't do this. She did that. She did not do this. And then it leads to her as a martial arts movie star in China. And it's like, that's just how some of the multiverse universe like works or like she becomes a blind singer or like, you know, all that stuff. So I think it's, it's like nothing matters to maybe somebody who has infinite, like the ability to infinitely see all their different lives, but it matters into the context as the individual person, because an individual person is unaware of the different lives that they lead. And instead they are, you know, every decision that they make could literally be something that matters. And they don't even know it yet. Dude. You are on that other level today. I'm <laughs> thoroughly impressed. Golly. <laughs> oh, man. I don't even know how to follow that up. Yeah, 100% of that, dude. Wow. But yeah, no, it's, it's exactly right. I mean, when you can't, when you have nothing to get, like, I, I love the the quote from, uh, I believe it's Teddy Roosevelt, comparison is a thief of joy. Mm-hmm. And it's same case here. When you're seeing yourself in other universes, you can always be more successful. You can always be more X, Y, or Z. But when it's your universe and all you have is what you have, then it's, it's infinite to you, mm-hmm. especially if you don't have that, uh, those other, that other, the knowledge of what happened in the other universes. So I agree. That's when it, mm-hmm. that's when it does matter. Mm-hmm. And I even think in that moment, I think not long after that, I think Evelyn realizes that, wait, maybe things do matter. Maybe the life I'm living does matter. And it has that important, uh, you know, context, you know, or that important meaning to myself. I mean, I think when we get to part three, Right, because I think we're almost at that point, right? As yep. we're going through yep. the movie, like um, I do want to talk about though very briefly before I get into this point. I thought it was absolutely hilarious that one of the verse uh, jumping uh, things was to jump on something that goes right up someone's butt. I thought that <laughs> was hilarious, dude. Dude, when I saw it, I was like, that kind of looks like. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, he's going to stick it in his butt. I, thought, like, and I was like, don't do it. Don't, don't do, do it. it. And then the one dude, she's stopping the one dude, and the other guy comes pants yeah. down, like just jumps. Yeah, I was oh, just like, was oh crazy, no. But like, that just shows the wackiness of all the verse jumping. It's just like the most ridiculous stuff in the world, like getting paper cuts between all your fingers, like, uh, And then like. It's like one's just like, oh yeah, you could do that, or you know, break your leg or arm. I'm like, <laughs> Jesus. You say say you love her and mean it. Yeah. Well, it's like it's like, is there anything else I can do? He's like, well, you could break your arm. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. I love. You. I was like, oh my gosh. All right, so I just wanted to point that out that I love the verse jumping with zaniness. This movie is zany. I don't want to. You know, we talk a lot about the themes and the kind of the heavier stuff, but I do want to point out this movie has a lot of lighthearted, like, 
absolutely zany wacky fun and i don't want to like take that away from the movie because it is actually genuinely hilarious um and it has like but it's also by contrast also has like these very sentimental man themes to it so as we get to part three very very short and it's everywhere all at once uh or all at once rather i i think we learn that um Evelyn becomes obviously very, very content with the life that she lives. She's gotten to see everything else in her, her lives and is just happy with what she has. She stands up to uh, her father, Gong Gong tells him that like, just because you can't accept for like, doesn't mean that I need to conform to your ideology anymore. And that, that this is Joy's uh, uh, girlfriend, you know, and that she, t she tells him that straight to his face. And he's like, I am not afraid of you anymore. I don't care what you think anymore. Like you abandoned me essentially. It's like, so I don't like, it doesn't matter. Like, like in that sense, like, but, um, and she starts being very, very happy with her life. You know, she kisses her husband. She's just happy to be there. And I think, she, uh, she finally understands that now. And that's the journey that she took. Um, but what did you think of part three? What was the what would what did you take away from the film as it kind of neared its end credits? I think to your point that I that she finally was content in the mm -hmm. life that she was leading, and it's funny the last frame of the movie was her just sitting once again in the IRS office, and she's zoning out, and you can tell she's looking at other universes, but they call her back, and she's right back to where she needed to be. So. It was always it's always that, you know, what else is out there? But I think that it just showed that she, she still from time to time will go to other places, but she's anchored to her own universe. And it got me really thinking because Jobu Tapagi didn't go into the, the bagel. Mm -mm. And I wonder which universe she would be rooted in. Did you have any ideas on that? I think, yeah, that's actually a really good point. What happens to the Jobu Dupaki kind of character at the end of the movie. We don't really get that kind of resolution. The resolution that we get is that Joy is accepted now for who she is in all types of multiverses, right? Because Evelyn and her are everything, everywhere, all at once. So they kind of can accept each other across all the multiverses. And I think that um, in a way, Jobu Dupaki kind of disseminates bits and pieces like her personalities are the culmination of everything of all the joys out there. Right. Like I think she'll keep that knowledge, but also kind of like disseminate that information of acceptance and that feeling of finally belonging somewhere of being loved by her mom or her family and um, not being judged or like, you know, having this barrier up this whole time where like now that, is kind of ripple effect from Jobu Dupaki to all the joys in the multiverse. So I think part of Jobu Dupaki probably lives in every joy, but I don't think, I, I don't really know. I think the Jobu Dupaki that we saw in the movie kind of is gone in a sense. But what did you, what do you think? Do you think that she's stood there out there somewhere? Do you think um, the joy that's in Evelyn's universe is the Jobu Dupaki or like, what are your thoughts there? That's a good I thought she might anchor herself a little bit more into Evelyn's universe. Mm -hmm. But thinking about just the theme of the movie, I think now it's more realistic to assume she went back to her 
own universe with a, a fresher perspective on things. It's going to be a little awkward because they did not like her in her universe. <laughs> but uh, I think that what this movie really tries to hammer home is that, you know, you have that capability to change and to see things in a different way. And I think that's ultimately what I'll assume she's going to do. I agree. I agree. I think in in one way or another, she's going to go back or at least has a new perspective on things. And um, knowing that that Evelyn's out there and showed her kind of a different path that isn't just the bagel, um, she will be forever, I guess, uh, a changed. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent, excellent movie. So, yeah. Go see it, people. Go see Absolutely. it. Absolutely, and I want to see it again. It was it was really good, and I was pleasantly surprised uh, by this film. And it, I mean, we talked so much about all the themes of it, and like we didn't even talk about all the wacky, funny moments in it, because <laughs> like this movie does really have that really like touching, sentimental um, message that it drives home. Um, and it's a really good one too, and it's told in such a unique and refreshing new way. Uh, I thought this was just an excellent kind of science fiction action adventure movie. It's crazy you forget that it is sci-fi action mm-hmm. adventure just because it has such such heart throughout that mm-hmm. it seems more like a family movie almost. Yeah. And you know, a mom's the hero at the end of the day. And uh, moms hey, are always heroes. They save hero. us time and time again. Yeah. Breach. Mm-hmm. Moms are always heroes. Oh, man. <laughs> so, Palmer, anything else you'd like to add to... Uh, say about everything everywhere all at once no just i i so loved this movie and i will definitely watch it again with some loved ones get them hip to it but um like i said before please go see it support and yeah that's probably all i got for this we we ran through it man and we really did i agree you know i i really loved it i hope you know it kind of gets the recognition it deserves because it truly is just an outrageously good time and it is a absolutely refreshing kind of film. So I uh, highly recommend to anyone who stuck it out to the end to listen to this. But you probably already have gone that notion that we recommend this movie. Um, so anyways, thank you so much for listening, everybody. This has been the What You Got podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Bud. Joined with me, as always, is Jordan Palmer. You can catch our podcast every Monday evenings. Make sure you follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Hit us up on social media. Tell us what you thought for every about everything everywhere all at once. Palmer, why don't you let them know where they can tell us? Will do, bud. You can follow us on Twitter at WhatYouGotCast, what you spelled W-H-A-T-C-H-A, or on Instagram at WhatYouGotPodcast, what you spelled the same way. And until next week, we'll see you all next time.